This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, we are going to continue teaching from the my new book that has just recently been released. The title of that book is You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. And I'm going to do just a quick review before we get into today's program, because today's program will be part five in our series here. And it will be on, the teaching will be on chapter four of the book. And chapter four of the book is We've Lost Our Minds. And so uh, before I get into that uh, particular chapter today, I want to go back and just do a quick review of the book. Um, and, and, and let me say it, I'll say it again later, but let me say at the outset of this, my intention in teaching from this book is not to sell books. Um, we, we give away a lot of books, and we will continue to give away books. At the end of the program, you will hear a phone number and if you want a copy of this book and you can't afford to pay for it, then you can text me and we will send you a copy of this book. However, the book is available on Noble, I mean on Barnes and Noble and also available on Amazon. If you can afford to buy the book, please buy the book. None of the proceeds from this book will will go to me personally in any profit. Uh it will go to the ministry and in our ministry we try to feed the homeless. We send cases and cases of Bibles into the prisons and also uh, for churches. We also support different, several different missionaries and different churches here in America, and we also support three different ministries in Israel. But I want you to know that I am very blessed in business. My wife and I own a few companies, and so I don't ever take any money from the ministry. And so all the proceeds from this book will go to either uh, being able to send out more books to people who can't afford it or some of the other ministries I just mentioned. But I say all that to say that the reason I'm teaching from this book is um, I, this is the second book that I've written. And when I do, when I write something, I write it from a biblical viewpoint. So the purpose in this book was really to sit, stand back and say, let's look at 14 different subject matters in, that are relevant to our our country today, and let's look at these 14 uh, topics through the lens of Scripture. What does God say about what's really happening in America? And the reason I titled it, uh, You Can't Handle the Truth, is if you remember back to that movie, A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, there's a famous scene in that movie in the courtroom where Jack Nicholson is on the on the witness stand, and Tom Cruise is is questioning him in a very strong manner. And at some point, Jack Nicholson says to Tom Cruise, what do you want from me? And Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Well, that's the inspiration for the title of this book, because in my opinion, many people in this country either don't want to hear what's really at the root of what's wrong with America, or they can't handle the truth. And so my intention in writing this book 
is to kind of peel back the onion. Let's let's peel back the onion and let's look at these topics of what's really happening in America today. And let's look at these topics through the lens of Scripture. What does God's Word say about what's really happening in America today? So that's the introduction and kind of the motivation uh, for the writing of the book. I will tell you that I'm in my 60s. I'm a father and a grandfather. Uh, I'm a husband and I'm a businessman. I'm a public speaker, and I consider myself a patriot, and I love my country Uh, I'm concerned about the nation that we are leaving for the next generation and the generation after that. I'm concerned about the the nation right now, in the the current days that we're living in now. And I believe that we are at a crossroads in America where we are literally fighting for the fabric of our nation right now. And I don't think there's ever been a time, at least in my lifetime, that I can recall where we've been more divided as a nation. And so... um, that's the motivation and the concern in writing this book titled You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. So the last several weeks we've taught from the book, uh, and last week on the program was Chapter 3. I, I'm actually going to go back and read some of the titles of some of the chapters that we've already taught on. Chapter 1 is uh, it, the, was uh, chapter one of the book is titled What is Truth? Um. We live in a society today where somebody can say, Craig, just because you think something's the truth doesn't mean it's my truth, or your truth is not my truth. And I understand that, but at the end of all things, it really doesn't make a difference what you think or what I think is the truth. The only thing at the end of all things that's really going to matter is, what does God say? Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Uh, Jesus said, Lord, your word is truth. Uh, The Bible says every word of God is pure. The Bible says every word of God is true. So, uh, again, not to be disrespectful to anybody, but at the end of all things, what your opinion is or what my opinion is doesn't make it true. What makes it true is that if God says it, that settles it. And that that it's from that position that the uh, chapter one, what is truth? That's the position that we take in this book. Chapter number two, the role of a watchman. Back in the Old Testament days, a watchman's watchman's role was to sit on the wall around every town. Every town had a wall to protect it from its enemies. And a watchman's role was to sit on top of that wall and peer out into the distance and look for an enemy approaching. And if an enemy was approaching the town, the watchman's role was to blow the trumpet and to warn the people. And so that's really a watchman role is to warn the people. And so uh, a watchman role in the area of ministry is what a lot of the prophets were called to do, and that is warn the people. God told Ezekiel, son of man, I've called you to be a watchman for the house of Israel. And when I tell you to warn the people to turn them from their wickedness and you don't warn the people, they will die because of their sin, but your their blood I will require at your hands. However, if you warn the people, when I tell you to warn the people, and you warn them, and they don't heed the warning, and they die in their sin, their blood is on their own hands. And so that's really, in a snapshot, the role of a watchman. Chapter 3 is political correctness, the road to hell. We taught on that last week. I believe that the political correctness that is rampant in our country today is taking this nation down. It's, there's a lot of different factors that it's taking this nation, what I call the demise of a nation. But political correctness is a very large tool that the devil's using to destroy this country. 
And I don't know who came up with the term political correctness, but um, I don't care about being politically correct. What I care about is being biblically sound. And so it's from that perspective that I write this book and every chapter in the book. There's a lot of scripture in this book. And so chapter three, uh, uh, and this was part four on last week's program, it was political correctness, the road to hell. So today is part five of the teaching series on you can't handle the truth, what's really happening in America. And it's on the chapter titled, We've Lost Our Minds. So what I want to do is I want to take just a couple of minutes and I want to read the first couple of pages of this chapter, and then I'll get into it and explain a little bit more. Um, you know, I've, I've had this radio program called Stand Up for Jesus, and I'm in my 15th year on the air. And if you've listened to the program probably several times in the last few years, you've heard me make a comment on the program, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, it, in this country, we've lost our minds. Uh, my my personal opinion is we've lost our way as a nation and we've gone we've begun and it's been going on for a while but we've begun to go down a road where my concern as a father a husband a grandfather a patriot my concern is the road that we're going down right now i don't know if it's too late but if it's not it feels like we're kind of at a crossroads are we going to continue to go down this road or are we going to stop and evaluate where we're at right now and maybe turn back and say, you know, it takes a certain amount of humility to say, you know what, we've made some bad choices. We, we've made some mistakes. Let's stop where we're at right now and let's kind of evaluate where we're at. And, and let's examine our ways. Uh, have we made some really bad choices that are taking us down the wrong roads? And when I look at some of the, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you some examples. And Look, I don't ever personally mean to offend anybody, but I'm called to, there's a watchman calling on my ministry, and sometimes the Apostle Paul said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. It's not a popular calling, but I will tell you part of the calling on my ministry is to shine the light on some of the darkness. For example, I don't know who ever thought this was at some point a good idea, but defunding the police, what a dumb idea that was. And, and look at the consequences of it. In our cities, the crime rates in many of our major cities are, have exploded. And not just in our major cities. It's spilling over into the rural and the smaller towns. We have a major crime problem in our, in our country today. Let's talk about the sexual immorality of a nation. Um, just 10, 15 years ago, if, if anybody would have ever said that we're going to have transvestites, we're going to have people that, are, that um, were born a man or a woman who have had sex changes or have transitioned, as the term is called, and they're transvestites. Oh, and by the way, we're going to put them in kindergarten and first and second and third and fourth grade classes to um, actually dance in front of our little kids and um, to do things, uh, and not just dance, but very erotic sexual dances in front of our little kids, and that's going to be considered okay. As a matter of fact, if you speak out against that, uh, you're going to be uh, persecuted and you're going to be called names. If we'd have said that 10, 15 years ago, people would have said, you guys are out of your minds. Um, it, if, if we thought that at some point in the past we would be at the place right now 
where what the Bible says in Isaiah 5 and 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Uh, just a few years ago, or you know, five, ten years ago, if we'd have said that anybody would have said, well, the Bible is called hate speech, people would have said, what are you talking about? And these are some examples of uh, what I'm what I mean when I say that we've lost our minds. There's some ways in our country, folks, that we've just simply lost our way. And to for for anybody to be able to say, look. Marriage between man, one man and one woman is what God says is right, and people say that's hate speech. That's crazy. And for people to say, look, um, if if somebody was born a boy, we we ought to be able to call him a boy, and if somebody's born a girl, we ought to be able to call him a girl. And for people to say you can't do that, that's crazy. God doesn't make mistakes. If I was born a, a male. God didn't make a mistake, and I challenge anybody that at some day are you going to stand before the throne of God and say, God, you got this part wrong? I would tell you, you want to consider that thought pattern, because God doesn't make mistakes on who's a boy and who's a girl, and these are some of the things I'm talking about when I say we've lost our minds, and so when we stand back and we examine our country right now, and these are just a few of the different topics, I've, that I, a few of the different examples I'm using. But I know I'm not the only one. Uh, if you're out there and you're listening to the program right now, I know there's a lot of you that would say, Craig, I agree with you. We have lost our minds. Now, the problem is, even if we say that, if we express our opinion, which an opinion doesn't, make, doesn't mean something's right or wrong. It's an opinion. And if you have a different opinion than, than, I, than I do, we live in the United States of America where it's always been okay to express that opinion. But when did we reach the point where I can't express my opinion that if you were born a boy, you're a boy. And if you're born a girl, you're a girl. And here's another one. To allow kids that are not fully developed to make a decision that they want to begin to have body parts cut off and have sex changes, and not have to go home and talk to their mother and father about this, and that the schools say, no, we have the right to not not discuss this with you. Folks, again, we've lost our minds. This is crazy stuff. And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. So this chapter is called, We've Lost Our Minds. I'm going to come back after the break. I want to look at some scripture. What does God say about our, about having a sound mind and a right right thinking? Uh, my name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. We return to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, one hundred point seven FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro. Today, I'm teaching from my new book, "You Can't Handle the Truth: What's Really Happening in America." And we are in chapter four of the book. Chapter four of the book is titled, We Lost Our Minds. And I talked a little bit about some of the different things before the break where I think we've, in our in America, I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm a very direct type A personality. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of things going on in our country that when I stand back and look at it, and just like a lot of you listening to the program, we stand back and look at things that are going on in our country. And we just kind of scratch our head and look at each other and go, we've lost our minds. And so that's the, that's the 
that's the, the 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 backbone of this particular chapter. I want to read something in in, in the in the, this chapter, and and I start out and I say yes, as you can probably guess, I am a conservative. But here's what I mean by conservatism: I believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. I believe that He came, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins and your sins, that he rose on the third day, that he ascended to heaven. I believe that Jesus sits on the right hand of God, the Father, and that one day he will come again. I also believe the Bible is the written word of God from the opening chapter of Genesis to the closing chapter of Revelation. I believe it was relevant when it was written, and I believe it's still relevant today. I believe that we as a nation have been deceived, and that we have grown lukewarm concerning the things of God and concerning his word. And I believe that we are being destroyed morally and spiritually from within. I believe in respect for your elders, and that's a phrase you don't hear very often, and there's actually a chapter here in the book called Respect for Your Elders, where we'll teach on that in a deeper level. Um, I believe that my yes should be yes, and my no should be no, and that's in the Bible. In other words, try not to lie to people. My yes, if I give you my word and I say, yes, I will do something, to the best of my ability, I should try to do it. Or I should say, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. But my yes should mean yes, and my no should mean no. I believe that we should stand up and speak up for the things that we believe in. I love my country, and I believe that anyone... Uh, who doesn't want to be here in this country, and I don't mean this in a rude way, if you don't if you don't like if you hate America and you don't want to be here, you should simply find another place to go live. Listen, this is a free country. You can go live in any other country around the world. And if this one's so bad in your opinion, go pick another place and go move there because I want you to be happy. If you hate America, go find some place that you think is your paradise and move there. I believe that we, as Americans, we must repent as a nation before it's too late. And to me, this is my definition of being a conservative. It may not be yours, but I believe that you should be able to express your opinion, and so should I. Now, I want to do a little teaching because what this chapter is called We've Lost Our Minds. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to. If you don't, I'm going to be teaching from it, and, and I'm going to read the verses and teach from them. But if you have your Bibles, open them up to Romans chapter 12. And in Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is, is teaching here, and he's speaking here. And Paul says in Romans chapter 12, I'll start reading in verse 1. And Paul says, I beseech you, therefore. In other words, I really want to encourage you. I, I want to challenge you. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren... Now, when, he, when you see the term brethren in the New Testament, Paul's writing to fellow believers. Paul was a believer in Christ. And so he's, and when he says, I want to talk to you, brethren, he's talking to, to other fellow believers. And he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So Paul's saying, look, this, I'm not asking you for anything out of the ordinary, he said, this is your reasonable service. By the mercies of God, we should be willing to present ourselves, uh, our bodies, as a holy sacrifice. doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, 
Thank God I don't have to be perfect. Jesus was perfect. But God, I mean, uh, Paul continues in verse 2, and he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what I want to talk about and teach on for a few minutes. Because when Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, and the chapter of this book is called, We've Lost Our Minds, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, a big part of our problem in this country right now is that we have been conformed to this world. What do I mean by that? I'm going to flip over and read another verse to you in Colossians. And because part of the problem, and I spoke to a lady yesterday, and this lady yesterday said, you know, um, here's what happened. We raised our daughter in the church, and unfortunately, when she went off to college, she came back and was a different person. And that's happening to a lot of us that have raised our children or our grandchildren in a Christian environment, but the kids aren't really deeply rooted in the Word of God. They really don't know the Word, and they go off to these universities where these professors spew this uh, worldly garbage, and these kids come back, and they've got a different viewpoint. It's happened in my own family, and it's happened in many of your families. And in Colossians chapter 2, this is Paul also speaking. Paul says in Colossians 2, verse 8, beware. And whenever the Bible says beware, that means beware, be on guard about something. Paul says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, how does that how does it lay down on uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2? Paul says, don't be conformed to this world. And that word, or that word conformed, many of you have done this over Christmas or for holidays. You'll take a, a, some dough and you'll put a, a, a cookie cutter, maybe in the shape of a Christmas tree or an angel or something else, and you'll press that, that thing down on the dough, and then you'll make cookies, and they're in that shape of a Christmas tree or an angel or whatever. That's a really good word example of being conformed. It's being molded, being shaped. And Paul says, don't be conformed, don't be molded and shaped by the world. See, here's the problem with the world. The Bible says something may seem right to a man, but its way leads to death. And I will tell you the majority of the time when you go along with the majority of the people, be careful because you're probably on the wrong side of what's right versus what's wrong. And just because the world says it's okay to have transvestites shaking their body parts in front of kindergarten to fourth graders doesn't make it right. I'm telling you right now that's wrong. And just because somebody uh, says to a young person, look, if you're confused about whether you're a boy or a girl, we can help you fix that. We can give you pills, and we can start injecting you with things, and we can start uh, k- taking off body parts, and that's okay. If that's the way you feel, we'll help you do that. That doesn't make it right. I'm telling you, it's wrong. And so this, when Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, in a very practical way, this is what he's talking about. He says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And that word transform, the best word picture I can give you for that is a butterfly. A butterfly starts as a caterpillar and then goes, creates a cocoon, and then it's transformed. It goes in as a, uh, as a caterpillar, and it comes out as a butterfly. That is a, a good word picture for being transformed. Paul says, don't be uh, conformed to the world, but be transformed. Be changed. And he says, be, be transformed by what? 
by renewing the renewal of your mind. See, it starts in the mind. So how do you renew your mind? I'm going to give you three examples of how you can renew your mind. The first thing I would tell you, and, and I'm giving you a classic example of my own life, in the, the renewal of my mind, and it's a continual process. Look, I've been studying the Bible for years. I've been, I've been saved and been a Christian for many, 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 many years. But I still need my mind renewed sometimes. You know why? Because my mind is bombarded by trash and junk and filth and garbage. All of us are. As we get up and start our day, we start going through our day, we are bombarded by the Internet, by what we listen to on the radio, by what we watch on TV, by billboards, by things. We're bombarded all day long by garbage. I need my mind renewed. And this is not a one-time thing. And Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I do it in three ways. The first thing I do is I get still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So I'm going to get still. I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm, I'm going to get away from the television. For me, I do it in the middle of the night. I have, a, I have a place and I have a time. It might be in your car that you just turn the radio off and it's the only time you have where it's quiet. Might be that you've got a place in your backyard or on your back porch or out in the woods near your home. Whatever that, Whatever it is, I need to have a place where I can get still and I can get quiet so I can speak to the Lord and hear from the Lord. So the first thing I do is I be still. I find some place where I can declutter my mind and get quiet. And then I'm going to, do, I'm going to spend time in prayer. That's step number two for me. Pray. What do I pray about? Whatever's on my mind, whatever's on my heart, whatever's troubling me, whatever's going on in the world. You know, this may sound some, odd to some people, but I pray often for discernment. Lord, give me the discernment to know between right and wrong. Give me the discernment to know between good and evil. Lord, pray. When I pray to the Lord, I, sometimes I say, Lord, give me understanding and wisdom from above. I don't want the wisdom of the world. I want God's wisdom. I don't want the understanding of the world. I want, under, I want kingdom understanding. I want biblical understanding. Lord, open my mind up. Open my eyes. Open my ears and give me the discernment to see what's right and wrong good versus evil. That's part of a renewal process. And then the third thing I do is spend time in God's Word. Because God's Word, anything that you hear, when I hear something, or I read something, or I see something, it needs to line up with God's Word. Because if something goes completely contrary to what God says is right and wrong, that's a red flag for me, and it should be a red flag for you. So how, how can I know it if I don't spend any time in the Word? So st three steps. The first thing is I get quiet and I get still. Step number two, I spend some time in prayer. And step number three in renewing my mind is to spend time in the Word of God. And when I do that, it helps me keep a sound mind. It helps me keep a, um, a, a sound mind. Uh, let me flip over real quick, see if I can find it real quick. First of all, it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for the, for the verse that says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 
And so God wants us to have a sound mind. He doesn't want us to have a mind of confusion. It's, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Paul says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when I say we've lost our minds, that's not a sound mind. Going to take my next break and come back. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedrow and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedrow. I'm teaching from Chapter 4 in my book. The book is titled, uh, You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. Chapter 4 is titled, We've Lost Our Minds. And I've talked about the fact that if we don't spend any time in prayer, if we don't get quiet, if we don't spend time in God's Word, we are easily set up for deception. And as I mentioned earlier, I believe uh, the majority of America has been deceived as a nation, and I believe that we are, are have gone way down the wrong road in so many different ways. And as I look at things that are transpiring in our country, and I know many of you scratch your heads and have done the same thing and think, my goodness, we've lost our minds. And that's the inspiration for the title of this particular chapter. And I talked about from Romans chapter two or chapter twelve, verse two, where Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I talked about three steps in renewing your mind. Get still and get quiet, spend time in prayer, and spending time in the word. Now I will tell you, Jesus Christ is always our best example. And in the book of Mark, in chapter 1, I want to read in one verse to you. In Mark 1, chapter, uh, verse 35, here's what the Bible says. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So here's Jesus, the Son of God. And he gets up before everybody else does. And I told you that for me, my quiet time is in the middle of the night. It started many years ago. The Holy Spirit began to wake me up many, many years ago, and I would get up in the middle of the night, sometimes 2 o'clock, sometimes 4 o'clock, whatever the case. Whenever I get woken up in the middle of the night, I can tell it's from the Lord. I get up, and I have a place in my home where I go to, and I love it because it's quiet. I feel like it's just me and the Lord. Nobody else is awake in the world but me and the Lord. And I may spend 30 minutes. I might spend two hours. But it's my time where I I spend time in prayer, I get still, I get quiet, I spend time in the Word. Well, here's Jesus. And it says in Mark 1 and 35, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, so basically the middle of the night, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, that means a place by himself, and there he prayed. So if Jesus thought it was important to do this, do you think maybe it would be a good idea for us to do it? And that's part of the renewing of the mind process. Now, I also talked about it, and I said, for me, I have to get still, spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word, and one of my prayers is, Lord, give me the discernment to know between good and evil, between what's right and what's wrong. So I want to share another verse, a couple of verses with you. Go to the book of Hebrews, and in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews, in verse 12, says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. 
For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Translation, you got to spend time in the word to grow spiritually. And I challenge you that many, many Christians are malnourished in the word of God. Do you remember Jesus said, I have food that you do not know about? The Bible several times equates the word of God to food. And babes in Christ, as the Bible calls them, think about a baby. When a baby is born, you nourish that baby on milk. But at some point, it's time to get that baby off the milk and begin to feed the baby solid food, or that baby won't grow. Can you imagine giving a nine-year-old, still still keeping him on a bottle of milk? At some point, don't you have to give him solid food so he can his body can nourish and grow? Same thing applies spiritually. And I will challenge you that a lot of uh, even born-again Christians, they don't spend much time in the Word of God. How are you going to grow spiritually if you don't spend time in the Word? And the writer of Hebrews says it here. He says, everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now listen to this in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 5. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, when we spend time in the Word of God, we... We begin to, our senses begin to get exercised, and our senses grow, and we and we're able to discern between good and evil. And I don't mean this in an arrogant way, folks, but I spend a lot of time in the Word, and I hear things that are on the news, or I hear things that I read, or things that I see, or things that are I'm exposed to, and immediately I can tell you if that's from God or not, and if it's whether it's good or evil. And I will tell you again, we've lost our minds in this country, and we are being. Uh, blown up by evil, demonic things that are taking us down the wrong roads. And that's the whole motivation for the writing of this book, You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. Folks, it's time for us to take a very transparent, honest, sober look at where we're at as a nation. What's going on in this country Is it too late? I don't know. That's one of the chapters in this book at the very end. Is it too late? I don't know. But we are at a crossroads right now, and we need to be able to have an honest, open conversation about, is this really the road we want to go down? Have we gone too far down this road? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my last break, come back. I want to share one more verse with you about this. Because we need to have this conversation. We, um, the purpose of this book is to create dialogue amongst people. Because let, let, let's, let's look and see what God says is what's wrong with our country. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. My name is Craig Nedro. I'm teaching from my new book, You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at, on Amazon. Uh, as I said, if you want a copy of the book and you can't afford to buy a copy, send me a text to the number at the end of this program, and I'll send you a book. But I'm asking you, if you can afford to buy the book, please buy the book because that helps us send books to people who don't who can't afford it. Uh, it helps us send Bibles into the prisons, helps us supply Bibles for churches, 
helps us supply for ministries all over the world. Uh, Not a dime from the proceeds of the book will go to profit me. I'm very blessed in business. God has abundantly blessed my wife and I financially, so I don't need any money from the proceeds of the book. It'll, every, all the money from the proceeds of the book go to send out books and Bibles and help different ministries. So we're in chapter four of the book, and chapter four is we've lost our minds. Now, I've talked about the fact that here in America, we're at a place where we, we're at a crossroads, where we need to examine decisions we're making for this country, uh, examine the paths we've been on and see and, and be humble enough to say, maybe we're on the wrong path. I'm going to share a couple more verses with you, and this is some of the most amazing scripture, in my opinion, concerning this topic about um, the road we're on. So go all the way back over to the book of Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, I'm going to start reading in verse 16. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, here's what the Bible says. Thus says the Lord. Now, by the way, let me just tell you. Thus says the Lord. I don't know when the light came on in my head, but do you know that in the Bible, the Bible says, thus says the Lord, or hear the word of the Lord over 3,000 times. And I don't know if it was the 642nd time or the uh, 910th time, but at some point that hit me that at some point this must be the word of the Lord. Because over 3,000 times in the Bible, it says, thus says the Lord. Here in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, it says, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see. And that word ways in the original Hebrew language means it's the word derek, and it means the course of life. So here the, God's saying, stop. And when he says stand, he means stop, pause, take a break where you're at. He says, stand in the ways, the course of life, and see. And that word see means to observe. God says, stand in the ways and see. And ask, which means to inquire, of the old paths where the good way is. Wow. Once again, let me read this verse. It says, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is. And that word, that word good in the original Hebrew means the very best way. Translate this to America today. What if we stopped and just said, hey, before we go any farther down some of these roads where we're, where we're mutilating our children, where, where we say that everything's, everything is okay, do whatever you want to do. Um, there are no rules anymore. Uh, sexually, we just do whatever you want to do. How about if we just stopped and said, hang on a minute. Let's just stop and evaluate where we're at as a nation right now. And maybe we apply that to a whole bunch of things. Imagine being humble enough to say, let's just pause and stop and examine our ways, because maybe we're on the wrong path. The Bible says here, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is. Hey, folks, sometimes the right path is not always a new path. Maybe it's an old path that we were on that really worked for us as a nation. And and then right here it says, ask for the old paths where, where the good way is. And walk in it. In other words, get back on the right path. And he says, then you will find rest for your souls. Huh. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time we can say that America has really been at rest, where things have really been good in this country? Because in my opinion, it's been quite a while since we can say, you know what? This country is at rest and things are really good. 
And the reason is because we've been choosing the wrong paths for quite a while. And he says, then you will find rest for your souls. Now, verse, uh, verse 16 continues in, uh, in Jeremiah chapter 6. But they said, we will not walk in it. God's speaking here. And he says, also, I set watchmen over you, saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Remember, I told you the calling of a watchman is to blow the trumpet and warn the people. God said, told Jer- uh, Ezekiel, when I tell you to warn the people to turn from their wicked ways and you do not warn the people, they will die because of their iniquity and because of their wickedness, but their blood I will require at your hands. Listen, folks, God says, I'm sending you warning a watchman to blow the trumpet to warn you. And he says, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. So God's saying, go back to the old ways. Examine your ways and get back on the good path where the right way is. People say, no, we're not going to do that. He says, I sent sent you watchmen to blow the trumpets. And they said, we will not listen. Listen to this. God says in verse 18, therefore hear you nations and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold. I will certainly bring calamity on this people because of the fruit of their thoughts and because they have not heeded my words nor my law, but rejected it. God says, listen, you as a nation want to go down and reject everything that I say is good, call what I say is good evil, and call what I I say is evil good. You want to make that choice? America, go ahead. But I'm telling you something. Because you reject my law, because you reject my word, you're bringing judgment on yourselves. And I believe, as a, as a patriot in this country, I believe that the judgment of God is beginning to come upon our nation because of our own choices. And when I write in this chapter, we've lost our, I mean, we've lost our minds, that's what I'm talking about. It's time for us to stop and examine our ways and turn back from some of the choices we're making in this country. I'm going to continue teaching from my new book called You Can't Handle the Truth, What's Really Happening in America. Next week, I'm going to be uh, teaching in the next chapter, chapter 5 of the book, and that chapter is titled, It Didn't Happen Overnight. I appreciate you tuning in. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up for Jesus with Craig Nedro founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM.